Once again, back from a sort of break. So hopefully you're hearing us as our, as our iTunes feed has been messed up. And iTunes is very, very slow at fixing the issue because I think it's on they their end. Sure. So they are slow and we are still here. So even slower. Yeah. So going back over this week, a interesting week. I would say a subpar mediocre week. Yeah. There was a, uh, a bad loss. A win that, to be honest, I think we were lucky on. And then a game that got out of hand. Correct. So let's get into this week and kind of go through stuff. And then some other issues that we'll tackle this week is interesting comments by uh, our big free agent. I think they were necessary comments, though. I'm kind of interested to see uh, what you think. And then also, uh, I'll bring it up. But after this week, you can borderline say there might be a goaltending controversy. Oh, yeah. So as good as Elliot was usual last week, yeah. This week, back to the Elliot that I know. The ones that we constantly comment about that yeah. people kind of you know give us crap about. But agree. we'll see. So let's get into this week. So the Blues had three games since the last time we met you, and uh, like Chris said, a couple of good ones, a couple of, excuse me, called bad ones. One sort of lucky, kind of not really. Yeah, <laughs> they lucked uh, out. Lucky that we had a backup goalie. Playing against us. Yes, because if... Making his first NHL start. Yes, and not a good... Even with uh, Tuka Raskin, that wasn't still wasn't even the best. So let's get into this week. So the Blues finally get home after a little uh, road game. And a decent road trip. Yeah, against Tampa and Florida, and they win. Yeah. So good stuff there. And then the Blues, we come home. So they have a four-game homestay, and this is where you need to collect some points. You're playing some top teams in the East. Yeah, trying to close that gap. Yep, playing a time. bad team in the West. So let's see what you can do. And you S the bed. Yeah, really bad. This is the, something that I was kind of really looking forward to my first kind of week of uh, being at home and getting to be able to watch a game, and it was not good. Remember what I said last year, I and I didn't go to this game, but I have never – and I, I bet you I've been to six Blues and Stars games. I have never seen the Blues beat the Stars at home. Yep, and it won. once again, it, it didn't happen. So if you were there, it would have been another, another yeah. game. So just, I, I, There's certain teams that seem to have the Blues number, and Dallas always seems to be one of those teams. It doesn't matter how good we are and how bad they are or vice versa. They take it to us yep. more than we take it to them. So let's, uh, I'll just run through the first period real quick. Cause it was awful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at the two forty seven mark, Jamie Ben gets his 20th of the year from John Klingberg and Jason Spezza. Yeah. At the 818 mark, Jamie Ben, once again, on a two on one, it, uh, gets his 21st from Jason Spezza and Eric Cole. Less than 20 seconds, about 20 seconds later, eight thirty eight. Cody Egan gets wide open in the front and gets his 11th of the year from Ryan Garbutt. And this is going to mess us up. Yerky Yakimpa. Yeah. Yakimpa. Yakimpa. Who is Yakimpa? 
Uh, so yeah, first period was awful. Uh, Blues, uh, Elliott's pulled after the third, after the goal. So less than 10 minutes in, Blues down three nothings. And just honestly, the first goal, part of me wants to say like, when you're, when you get a lot of guys skate to the side like that and have a shot like that, I missed the first period. I heard it, but I didn't see it. Uh, he basically, uh, Ben is at the, you know, uh, probably like five foot in from the blue line and just is all on the board, but walks to the center and nobody picks him up. They back off and just rocket the shot past uh, Elliot. Uh, and then another, the other one was two on one with Ben. And then Cody Eakin was kind of like a busted play where the Blues really didn't uh, cover anybody. Then uh, Eakin was right in front and roofs it on Brian Elliott. At this point, you're looking at that's uh, three goals on six shots, Ooh. and uh, not a good save percentage for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to win you many games. Correct, and there's a lot of different. Uh, the Blues like the second period picks up and they're playing better, but nothing's really happening. But the only thing that happens is Jamie Ben gets his first career hat trick, his 22nd of the year. Of course, it at the 3:39 mark. Uh, from Spezza and uh, Jason Demers, and four nothing going to the third period. So, mind you, the Blues. I told you, I really don't feel Blues are out of games going to the third period. Oh, agree. I felt they were out of this game going to the third period because just uh, the way, just the way they were playing. Like even though the second period is better, I just felt like they were not like mentally there this game. I don't know what I it was. I agree. I thought they looked extraordinarily slow. Yeah, and I, and. I'm, Dallas is a fast team. They're built for Ian. This but is the Blues a, aren't exactly stuck in the mud. We can fly. Correct. And this is a this is a team, mind you, who just lost three guys the game yep. before. They lost Tyler Sagan. Sagan. Um, now I had it right in front of me, and I mean Sagan, Sagan's arguably the, one of the top is, ten players in the league. Yeah, right now he's leading the league in points and such. So you're looking at a you know a team that's been down kind of. So yeah. you're trying to. You know, and they're trying to fight, fight for the playoffs. Yeah, there we go. And uh, but yeah, so Dallas was a desperate team, and the Blues just kind of let them like kind of come into their place and walk all over them. And some, I don't know, at this time, at this game, mind you, this is before this week started, I saw this game, and I'm like, all right, W, just one of those games. It's a W I shot, but you know, game that they kind of crapped the bed. I'm like, all right, just. Like the Columbus game. Yeah. All right. All right. Go, it's all right. Just you know, it happens. Like eighty-two game season. I'm trying. Like my thing is, I've been trying to keep my head all year. You're not going to go eighty-two now. Yeah. And also, it's like I just want to get to April. And then as long as you are healthy. Yes. And playing, like I'm not saying you have to be on like a twenty-game win streak going into the playoffs. If you're playing well with like three or four games and you're ready to hit that stride going into the playoffs, that's all I'm asking I agree. for. As long as, as long as the end of March comes around and you're getting Shattenkirk back, you are relatively healthy after that. I was just going to say, this week, yet again, really showed how integral Kevin Shattenkirk is, is to this team. Yep. But the season he's having. Oh, dude. Both, the season he's I having, mean, he's picked it up on uh, the defensive end. Yeah. I mean, defensively, what he does on the power play, what he does 5-on-5 five five in the offensive zone, you're really seeing now – how this team misses having him on that blue line. Yeah, so it's uh to wrap this game up, we'll make it Patrick Berglund, you know, gets his of seventh of the year. Does. Yeah, I guess his seventh of the year. I it's, dude, I can't stop talking about how much I love the Stavney Berglund and Yaskin line. And Yaskin has had a very good week. Yaskin was great this week. Last two weeks, really, you want to say. Uh gets up from Stastny at the twelve thirty mark. The Blues lose four to one. 
Uh, kind of, uh, you know, one of those games where, you know, a lot of players were down, and that led to an interesting article, which we'll get into after our game recaps. Yeah. So we get into the next game where Friday they're night. playing. For, they have a couple of days off. Um, they had a little casino night or yep. derby days, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and that was nice from what I saw, at least. And we know what we know. Our friend went to it and had a good time. Indeed. So, uh, seemed like a cool thing, but uh, not in my price range. So, <laughs> a little pricey. Yeah, for I me, mean, it, it, it goes it goes to charity, which is awesome. They raised, I think I saw. Like our keep of the money. Correct. They raised a hundred fifty dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars. They raised one hundred fifty dollars. Then I'm gonna ask for the rest of the money. So. Yes. So they raise a ton of money, and you know, it all goes to the fourteen fund, which is awesome. So, Blues go to Friday, and they're playing a top uh, team. In the East. Our so, team, uh, not top team in, yeah, in the last few Historically years. top team. A team that was, what, two years ago in the finals? Yes, and then with one in, you know, in 2008. E- 11? 11. Not eight. I don't know why I went that far back. I think but they won it the year after Chicago. Yeah, it was the year after Chicago. So, correct. So, that means, uh, so, they come in, but, you know, they get Char back and have been playing a lot better. So they got Char back. They're way above 500. Mm-hmm. They're you know they're still at the cusp of the wild card. But they're really the number two wild card still this week. Yeah, I think they're going into this game because uh, they have just lost five in a row going to this. But they were since Char came back, they're actually playing better. So we'll get into this and some potential more goaltending issues started. But uh, as we'll get into it, we'll see. I kind of think they was just a shaky start. I agree. So the first period at the 10:42 mark, Brad Marchand, Marchand, whatever. Uh, it's the 17th of the year from Patrice Bergeron and Riley Smith. Super uh, weak. Uh, yeah, or or we said S is weak. Is what <laughs> it was. Shorts and her grandma's boy. S is weak. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically he's going in on the left-hand side, just takes a nice little wrist shot from like the, yeah, the face-off circle. Yeah, a little bit of the high. And, and Jake Allen just completely getting the start over uh, Ryan Elliott. Ryan Elliott just completely misses it. Just, yeah. Which is uh, right off the tip of his glove, and then and so, but luckily we'll get well. And I think this period was pretty even on both sides after this. You know, you want to know what stuck out in this game to me? Mm. How many shots did the Blues have in the first period? Uh, three, 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 three shots. Which think is, about that against the team that is the second wild card in the East. Three shots. The Blues looked lost, as bad as they looked in all of the Dallas game. I would say they looked worse in the first period of this Boston game. Yeah, so that's – I mean, I thought they held their own, but, I mean, like you said, three shots is something you don't want to – Yeah. That's something to – I'll go with I'll go with crazy a delusional fan this whole time, and you can go – because I'm on the fence, honestly. Sure. My feelings. So you can go with the conservative role. All right. I'll go with the – where's the panic button mode? So we'll, I'll play that role. I'm concerned. I'm very concerned after this week. Because I'm telling you, I think we were lucky that we were facing, and it's not P.K. Subban, it's his brother, I can't think of his first Malcolm. Name. Malcolm Subban. If Malcolm Subban is not the goaltender for the Boston Bruins in that game, I don't think the Blues come back and win this game. Yeah, it's a interesting uh, stuff that happens. So let's get into the second period, and 48 seconds in, uh, I missed this, but uh, it's pretty awesome to see, but uh, Terry Limbaum, who has been called up this week yep. to give defensive and, competition, and played great. And I think 
something that we've kind of talked about in the past where we thought this kid should be getting a chance over <coughs> uh, Ian Cole. Yes, <laughs> correct. So he gets his first uh, career NHL goal from Carl Gunnarsson and Jaden Schwartz. It was just like the Boston goal. And basically a shot from the point and off the glove. Off the, he gets the glove it. And just, yep, and in that. Yep. So it's like, okay, weak goal for weak goal. We're Weird cool. stat. Let's go. Um, I forget how long they said it's been since it's happened, but that was somebody scoring their first NHL goal on somebody giving up their first NHL goal. That's crazy. I didn't see that. Because it was it was Subban's first NHL start. Mm, correct. So that's real, that's very interesting. So let's get into the rest of the goals this period. At 416, Petrangelo gets his first goal in 23 games, yeah. his fifth of the year, from Jay Bomeister and Alexander Steen. 509 mark, TJ Oshie gets a, a, 60, rocket. a rocket of a shot to 16th of the year from Steen and Cole. At this point, Malcolm Subban is pulled after giving up three goals on five shots. Um, three goals in uh, three goals and three shots in the second five. Yeah, too. you saved two, uh, six shots, and it'll be six shots. Okay. So because it was yeah, because three straight shots that went in, like you said. Yeah, and then at the thirteen fifty nine mark, a power play goal from Vladimir Tarasenko, his thirtieth of the year, from Alexander Steen and T.G. Oshie. Yeah, and you can't blame Rask for that. It was a hard shot from Steen. Uh, Rask uh, gets a pad save on it, but it comes right to Tarasenko on the other side of the goal. Wide open, and he just buries it. Like you said, Oshie's was a, just a kind of a good, Laser. a good cycling play, and from a really awkward angle. Yeah. But it was a right over Subban's uh, shoulder and glove, where he yeah. just it's one of those things where he wasn't square and he wasn't ready. And it's, at all, he's going to be a good goalie. It's his first start, sure, and it sucks. I, I thought his parents were in the yeah, yeah. You see that? Yeah, they show that. I'm like, uh and he, you know, he said he's like, yeah, it's one. You can tell the dad's like oh, one of those nights. You can see him after that goal. He was just like, all right, it's one of those nights. It's great when you get your first start, but. I mean, even though the Blues didn't have the best week, you're putting a rookie goaltender in there against an elite team in the NHL. Like, you're kind of feeding them to the Wolves. Yeah, well, they were trying. They lost five in a row. They're trying to change it you up. Yeah, do something, man. Yeah, so they were trying to do anything. And Tarasenko, with his 30th goal of the year, becomes the youngest Blue to get to the 30-goal mark since... Brennan Shanahan. In the 91-82 year. So by only a couple days. It was only by, like, yeah. 10, 15 days. So uh, let's go into the third period. Tarasenko gets another one. 11.45 mark, his Great 31st play. of the year from Schwartz and Laterra. Um, it kind of deflected off the defenseman uh, McQuaid's stick. It's kind of a floater. And, if, and it changed on Rask. I, I think, think that's what scores it. Yeah, so uh, Blues win 5-1. to one. The story, which I liked to come out of this game, was Jake Allen shook off a bad goal. Yes. Which in the past, Agreed. that is something that is that get, he's very mental. Which goalies are. Yeah. And uh, shook it off. And made some very good saves as Boston as so. Boston just uh, turned on the shots. And uh, let me get the final shot count here. But they wound up, you know, doing a ton. The Blues had a very good shooting percentage this game. Indeed. Uh, so they had 27 shots to this game, and then Jay Allen saved 26. So wow. Blues shut down the power play. Uh, so it was you know, just an even strength goal, obviously. So very uh, good there. Um, yeah, Malcolm Subban, three goals on six shots. Oh, not good. He up three straight, too. And then, that sucks. And then same uh, to grass. Not much better. It's seven seven saves on uh, nine shots. So yeah. not the best uh, goal. So you add that up. That's right, fans. That, the Blues had a 33.3 shooting percentage. I mean, it's one of every three times the Blues shot, it was in the back of the net. Um, yeah, that's just something that's never going to happen again. So let's, so let's not get that uh, too far ahead of ourselves there. So the Blues win this one. They play back-to-back nights against two big teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston, I felt, very heavy team. 
compared to a lot of teams they, I've seen. Yeah, I, and they always have been, and that's kind of been the, the MO of Boston. Well, that's what the Blues went to build after when they were kind of shifted gears. They went to build a heavy team after that Boston win, and then at Boston slash L.A. had yeah. two heavy teams, and you're trying to do that, and that's what the guys emulated. And then this year was the kind of – got to get faster. Faster, and they went to more of a Chicago-ish you know, type team where we could – Kind of running gun, but you also, uh, but they're, but more defensive yes. compared to that type of team. So, and I, I think that's probably a smarter play for the Blues because you got to get out of your own division before you can get to the Cup. And correct, and, and no matter what, I don't care unless you luck out somehow and not get Chicago. You're going to face either Chicago or Nashville. Yeah, dude, I'm one telling you, two rounds. Call it right now. It's us in Chicago again in in first round. Yep, and there's not too many games left unless somebody has a massive. Unless somebody catches fire. And in Nashville, guy goes five hundred or yeah. so. I mean, there's a chance we're six points by. Is that awful? True, and there's a small chance that Winnipeg catches Chicago. I don't see it happening. Um, but you know, you you look now. We're what twenty games left? Yep, about twenty ish. Yeah. You know, and I know Nashville plays tonight against um, Buffalo. Yeah. So um, <laughs> don't want to. Don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but nah, that's yeah, eight I, points behind. Strange things could happen. It's just, you know. And it's at home, too, for Nashville, too, which yeah. you, they've only had two regulation losses. God, that's crazy. Maybe three, I think. That's nuts. So they're playing very well. So let's get into this last game real quick, and then we'll Yay. get into our conversation. So um, I kind of didn't get to see much of this game. I watched the whole thing. So you can kind of fill me in on the goals, as I only saw a couple. So Super weak, kind of weak, good shot. Halloween. Yeah. So there you go. And that's our recap. Right. <laughs> so, that's it. Oh, and by the way, Sidney Crosby scored and they called it off. Correct. They called it off after an eight minute. Straight up. I'm telling you, that was a goal. You think so? Oh, yeah. I think the only reason it didn't get ruled a goal is because the call on the ice was no goal. Mm. Because they couldn't overturn it or whatever. There's a shot. You never saw, you never saw the puck cross the line. Mm. But there's a shot where you see the puck go right past Elliott's pad on the inside of the post, and it doesn't stop. I mean, it's just there. That puck was sitting behind the post in the net. Yeah, so uh, let's get into this game. Uh, so at the 1631 mark, uh, Blake Como uh, gets his 13th year unassisted. That's right, Blake Como. 13th of the year. He just came back recently, too, So which I thought was crazy. So... Uh, yeah, I didn't guess. Like I said, you have to fill me in on this one more than anything. Um, it was a pedestrian play, man. It wasn't anything flashy. Um, it was a goal that I think Elliot wishes he had back. They just beat him over the glove side. They were, they came in on the left wing. Uh, Como kind of squares up a little bit just high the, of the faceoff circle and, and, and puts it past him. It wasn't an overly hard shot. It wasn't a you know a, a great tic tac toe play. It was just a pedestrian shot that I, I you know I think you take that shot ten times and you hope that Elliot makes the save nine or ten times. He didn't this time, you know, and, and even even Payne kind of made a comment that that wasn't the greatest goal in the world. Yeah. So the Harquist goal was just a nice little setup. Great play by Sidney Crosby on the power play. Yeah. The Penguins' first power play goal of the month. Yeah, so and, they've only scored three goals in three games coming into this game. And their first power play goal against the Blues in ten games. Yeah, so a lot of uh, firsts there. Yeah. 
the uh, Blues, you know, thought you know, they'd come back and maybe play strong. Uh, early on, you know, Steen had a breakaway. I didn't see that part. He had a breakaway. In, in I thought they should have called tripping on the play. He had a he had a breakaway. Um, he does get the shot off, but I, I don't remember who it was who was following him. Slid and and swept with the stick. Yeah, and Dupree. Maybe. I think it might have been Dupree. Maybe. It might have been. But uh, uh, yeah. I thought they should have at least called a tripping call on the play. Because it, it, it he got a piece of the puck, but he definitely took the legs out from Steve. Yeah, so in the second period, uh, Hornquist gets a gold 626 mark, a 16th from Crosby and Latang, like we said. And Blake Como gets a second off a deflection from a Simon Dupre shot. Dupre, Dupre. I think I have to say Dupre on the broadcast, so I'll go with that. From And also a Vigny Malkin. So Blue's down 3 nothing going to the third. Not looking good, especially the way they played this week. Um, yeah. The thing that I noticed in the first two periods, and I almost sent you a text that just said on goal. Yeah. Uh, especially, uh, especially Petro. So many times we had shots or lanes, and we'd rifle it, and we'd put it wide, or we'd put it high, or you know, just put it on goal, guys. Like just put it on goal. Yeah. Take a little bit off it and put it on net. Yeah. There's a couple times like. When we were playing our game, there's yep. they finally started blocking the shots on the point. So there's one time I just held up and just did a little, like almost alley oop pass, and they didn't expect it. It went by him, and then unfortunately, right. nobody, none, of, none of our teammates expected it either, and it just rolled right to the goalie. Yeah, he saved it, but you know something like that, you got to change it up. Uh, so going to the third period, you're like, huh, this is not good. This is the goal Stay I. The this is the goal I saw, and I was. A, this is the backbreaker. This is the one where it looked like you saw Elliot just. His head look up into the lights and twelve twenty one. Brandon Sutter to, gets his twelfth of the year from Blake Como and David Perron. Uh, Sutter gets that's for kind of a broken play where yeah. the Blues kind of to stop them from coming into the zone, but the puck bounces around and Sutter regains control and put the backhand from the high slot where it, I was very like, wow, this uh, you can say whatever you want about defense, or whatever, but that's a shot that you have to stop easily. I don't give Again, I don't give a crap that that you can say like, it to, like they say the backhand's a harder shot to stop or whatever. Dude, that, that puck was going five that, miles an hour. That wasn't like a you know, like the like a crazy no. wrist shot. It was just a wrist shot from the point, and he flat out misses it. Misses it. It's like the first goal. It wasn't a hard shot. It wasn't like it was a tic tac toe play. It wasn't deflected. It was a floater of a of a backhand that you have to make that save. You have to. I would say that would be the worst goal in the league this week had it not been for Corey Crawford completely choking on it from that center ice flipping uh, from Colorado this week. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that, actually. Um, That's That's the only goal I saw this week that was worse than that fourth goal by Pittsburgh. Yeah, so we'll take that. But, uh, yeah, so that game, it was a The only redeeming quality was that Yaskin finally got a goal in that game. Yeah. Because that dude earned it. He was hitting people. and fantastic. Yeah, so we'll get into the last. So the Blues did not get shut out, believe it or not, as I was drifting there. The 14-33 mark, Yaskin is his ninth of the year, his third in six games uh, from LaTerra and Tarasenko. On a great great individual effort. You see him, he gets the puck in the slot. All by himself. Kicks it to him, hangs with it, and yeah. then goes five-hole on Thomas Grice. So that means the Blues had another uh, backup goalie in. Mm-hmm. Two backup goalies this week. Yep. And it was able to get by one but not the other. 
Grice made some oh, phenomenal saves. Yeah, so he, I like him as a goalie, though. Grice, so I'll tell you where I knew we were in trouble and where this game turned. Mm-hmm. was It was one nothing. I don't know if it was still in the first or maybe in the second, but he makes a robbery of a save on Tarasenko where they they, they cycle the puck around and they, they push it to him on the opposite side. And Grice has to push from his right side all the way to his left and still dives and gets the and gets the puck. That would have evened the game up at one and one and reset the game. And I think you look at a possible different outcome. But he straight up stonewalled Tarasenko. And that's when I was like, okay, this kid's for real. Yeah. We're so, gonna have problems tonight. So at the 1838 mark, Ian Cole gets his fourth of the year from Jackman and Tarasenko. Look, a nice shot by Cole. I thought it was deflected. Uh, it looked like it was deflected a little bit, but right. again, and great shot by Cole on his birthday. Yeah, so we'll give him that. So Happy birthday. I still think that you're going to be a healthy scratch. Yeah, or you're not going to be with us anymore, hopefully. So uh, we'll get into some you extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do that then. But, uh, GTA 5 Ferguson. There you go, Ian Cole. Way to be sensitive. It's like, oh, that's a really awesome thing to say during, you know, one of the, you know. During riots. During riots where people are, you know. Yeah. So anyway, let's not uh, get into that again. But, you know, so again, you see this team really kind of fold. Um, Two really ugly losses. One win where I really think if we're not playing a guy making his first NHL start, we don't make that comeback. Um. And the whole shame of it is, earlier in the day, Nashville loses in overtime. So we could have gained a point. So we could have gained a point. We could have gone from four back to three back. Instead, we dropped five back. Yeah, so uh, let's go with the little uh, thing that came up this week that I thought was interesting. Uh, There's an article by J.R. J. Rutherford Mm. in the Post-Dispatch where... Uh, he talked to uh, Paul Stasny about just, I guess, the, you know, after it was after the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the comments that were made, which I'm trying to pull this up, and for some reason I can't find the article now, which is very awkward. Uh, let's see. It's there. Let's try that one. But uh, Take your time. We can always edit it. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> There's a couple of things I thought were interesting. So, one, also rewind to the game for the Pittsburgh game. Uh, there's a Chris Porter is back. Yes, played an okay game. Okay. Uh, Steve Ott sat because he had, a kid. he had a kid. Congratulations, Steve Ott. Steve Ott, nice job, buddy. I think it was like Bradley something or other, but yes, yes, we'll okay. go with the yes. So I saw this picture on the internets. So basically, Stasny said this team just gets down too much after a loss, no matter what the loss is, and they just need to learn on focusing on the next game and putting it behind them. And this team does not has struggling putting it game behind them. So my initial reaction is, crap, here we go again. Yeah. Like every year is what happens. We get down and we get in this stupid funk for X amount of games. We had this you know, a while ago when Schwartz was out. We were 1-5 and 1-7 games. Yeah. Um, that was, I was, you know, that's what I thought was interesting. We just had a downturn, but that's after winning a lot of games. Then we came back and won, you know, 13 in a row or whatever. Yeah. So that's the thing is this team is just comes to me as very streaky and it's like, which team are we going to get come playoff time? Yes. And it, it just, we're at that point where we're four, we're about four years in of being 
I would say contenders. Consider contenders, where we're having a team that you can go out there and say, they're in the discussion. That, that team could possibly win the Stanley Cup. We yeah. gone. We've moved from, I think, outside dark horse to legitimate contender yeah. status now, especially with Laterra and Stassi coming I in agree. there. And I'll go frustrate a Blues fan point that you're at the point where you need to. You did the Ryan Miller thing last year and went all in. Didn't work out. Correct. I get it. I was an advocate for that trade. I so, was too. So I, I was, was fine. Um, and then now it seems like another issue is coming up. So now we're back to where we were last year. So now it seems like a goaltending. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on here? It's like you let Elliot, you give Elliot the confidence. Like, hey, you're our number one now. Roll with it. Yeah, you played well for a while. Okay. And you can have off games. But like I said, I'm going with like crazy Blues fan here. But it's like Jake Allen had that one-week goal go in, but he recovered. He recovered and saved next 25. Yeah. Or to whatever, you know, the rest of the shots, basically. So you're looking at what, maybe give Elliot a rest. You know, sure. you know he didn't get the, he technically didn't get his quote-unquote vacation, went and played the All-Star right. game. Right. So maybe you should just say, hey, why don't let Jake Allen run with a couple of games? Because it seems like when Elliot was always at his best, when we had the Halak-Elliot thing going when they won the Jennings, it's when Halak would play like, say, six or seven in a row. Maybe he would get in a little rut and probably have a really bad game. He did. You know, the glove wasn't working or whatever happened. Then Elliot would step in for two, three, maybe even four games. And be lights out. And be lights out or really good. And then Yarrow was ready to come back in. Yeah. It seems that when we had that rotation going on early in the year, that seemed to be working really well. Mm-hmm. Where they were going Elliot maybe two, maybe three at the most. And then have Allen in for one, maybe two. Depending on how he plays or how the schedule shaked out. And now they went away from that. And now he's go- Hitch is going with, I'm riding my, you know, you know, horse my like number one right and it seems like maybe he's getting tired maybe it's just a rut thing what do you think i think in regards to elliot's workload i think it is hitchcock getting him ready for the playoffs um what concerns me is like you said we are now again seeing the same problems in brian elliott's game that we've seen for four years um, is that he's a good goaltender, but he seems to be victim to the soft goal so consistently. Which we've seen in two, both two, games this week? Right. Both games that he started this week we've seen. Um, as far as Paul Stasny's comments, what that tells me, and you play competitive sports, so you, you, you get this too, is that pressure is a real thing. You know, pressure, be it outside pressure or internal pressure, is very real. Uh, And it weighs on your psyche whether you actively buy into it or not. And you know when you're supposed to be an elite team. You know when you're a good team, and you know when you're a good team playing bad. I don't think this team knows how to handle the pressure. Um I think that they know that Hitchcock's job's on the line. Hitchcock doesn't have a contract for after this year. Correct. Um, I think they know, especially with how it ended last year, with the team going all in on Miller and and imploding, and imploding the same way they imploded the year prior. Mm -hmm. um, In an eerily similar fashion. I think that's weighing on them. And I think they know, looking, you know, whether they'll admit it or not, they're all looking at the standings. 
Mm-hmm. And I think they know they're looking down the barrel of the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round again. I think it's very real. Short of something crazy happening, I think you can pretty much lock it in that you're looking just like last year, Blues-Blackhawks in the first round with the Blues having home ice. And there is fear there. There is. Mm-hmm. You know, can we beat the Blackhawks? Yes. We know we can. We've seen what we've seen us beat the Blackhawks decisively. But there is another gear that winning championship hockey teams get to. You see it with Chicago, you see it with with LA recently. You see these teams that they play hard for 82 games, but once the tournament starts, they find a way to take a deep breath, focus, and win. And I don't know if the Blues just tire themselves out trying to win in the regular season and there's no gas left in the tank, or if it's all psychological or what, but it doesn't surprise me to hear Stasny make those comments. And I think it holds more water coming from Stasny because he's new to the locker room. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the experience of the last three years, specifically the last two. Mm -hmm. Your your first round exit to LA after being up 2-0. Your first round exit to Chicago when you choked on the President's Cup of the division in the last week and a half of the game, Mm -hmm. or the last week and a half of the season, you go up 2-0 at home, and then you just completely implode the next four games. Stasny hasn't experienced that, whereas I think probably a good 85-90% of this locker room was there last year. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they know implicitly, if they haven't explicitly been told, if they don't get out of the first round this year, and I would say if they don't get to the conference finals this year, there's going to be changes in that locker room. Yep. I think there's going to be coaching changes, and I think you're going to see a large change in the player makeup of this team if they don't make a run in the playoffs. And I mean at least the second round, maybe the conference final. I would say conference final, or at least bare bare minimum. That's my. That's you, I'll, I'll put it this way: if we play Chicago in the first round, and we exile the demons, and we beat Chicago, hmm. and then lose in the second round to anyone but LA, you have exercised the demons, and I think this team holds on for another year. Think so. If you lose to Chicago in the first round, sweeping changes. If you beat Chicago in the first round and lose to L.A. in the second round, I think there's changes, but not as dramatic. But I think this team has been put on notice. Yeah, because L.A. is doing their usual... They're coming back. Yep, they're They're coming back. Seventh in the West now. And I'm telling you, that is what I mean. You look at a team like the Kings, they don't care about winning the Pacific. They don't care about being one of the top three in the Pacific. They just want want one of those eight spots. I don't care who you put us against. And that's how that's how Chicago thinks too. And they won the cup on the number eight seed and then the number they were the third in the Pacific that year. Yeah. So I mean they won because they wound up winning like yep. a bunch of game seven road games because they didn't have because they didn't have the uh, Remember the year that they were the eighth seed, it came down to game eighty two, Sharks and Kings. Whoever 
It was a shootout. Won that game, we played the loser. Mm-hmm. And, and San the Jose won. lost. No, they won in the shootouts. So LA, we got LA. No, we, we played LA in the second round. We That's beat right, the Sharks right. in the first round. That's correct, you're right, you're right. LA beat the bejesus out of the Canucks. Correct. We were the number one overall seed yeah. that year. And, and then we played that them team. in the second and got wrecked. Yeah. And after that team lost, the LA, that team blew it up. Blown up. So um, who knows? So let's, I'll just go a quick standing thing with you real yeah. quick. Just as we, uh, so in continue. summation, go for it. That's what I think of the Stasby comments. I think it is, it is putting light on what we've all sort of thought was happening in that locker room and in that organization. And I think it's just kind of cracking the door open and letting you see, like, there's real, real pressure in that room to win and win now. Stillman does not want to wait five years. Stillman wants a cup, and he wants it right now. I mean, look at you, what he brought in, like, not only co- coaching-wise, but um, front office-wise. You have... He's made every move you can make. You ha- I mean, He spent the money on to bring in Stastny. Absolutely. Uh, was able to get Latero over here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, whatever other changes were needed. Like, he, you know, he okay, like, go out and get Martin Broder during the year. Yeah. And convinced him to stay for this d- end of the year. You cannot blame Stillman or Doug Armstrong. They have done everything you want as an executive of a team to win. Yeah, you needed a goalie. He brought in Ryan Miller. Yeah. It didn't work out. And you then, needed another goalie? We brought in Martin Brodeur. Sure, he was, he's 40-something years old, but who else was out there? Yeah, so you're really kind of, like, stuck there. So, uh, in summation, I just, I'm with you with the Stastny things. I think it's, I'll, I would say, between panic mode and concerning is where I'm at. I'm, I'm concerned. There's enough games left that we can turn this around. It's not like last year where we're losing we're at, six of our last ten. We're at 59 games right now, so we have a 22, 23 games okay. left. So there's still I guess, plenty of time sure. to do stuff. So Five points back in Nashville going into tonight. But also you're looking at two five, two road trips that are epic. One Big. five game and one six game. So and you're, one's a Western Canada trip that the Blues notoriously are iffy on. They've only one time, I think it was only a couple years ago, that they, they swept it. it. So it's, it's something that's it's not It's always the Vancouver game that we yeah, so Chicago right now, let's go through the top. Uh, let's do the Western Conference, the top eight. Excuse me. Nashville with 59 games played at 85 points. Uh, Anaheim, 60 games played, 81 points. The Blues, 59 games, 80 points. So you're looking at five points you're out of Nashville. Yeah. So you're not, quote, unquote, that no, far you're out. Oh, that out of it. Now, I believe we have at least one or two games head-to-head left with them. I thought we were already done. I'll look at the schedule. Are we? I thought we had one more at least. I'll look at the schedule real quick. But then Chicago right behind us, but they just lost today to the Boston Bruins, 6-2. to wow. two. At home. They lost at home 6-2. Now, we played two. them twice in the last, last week. Last week. I, that's I'll tell you right that's now. That's going to be seating right there. That determines who has home ice. That's in the a four-point swing right there. I, I'm telling you that that will determine who's got home ice in the first. So game. it's interesting how those games played out because you might, you know, the one game is like game 80 and you have two games left. So after that Chicago game, and maybe you can see where you're at and say you're up by six points or yeah. whatever, but you're within reach of Nashville. Do, do you, you push, push or do you say, let's rest? I mean, Petrangelo, you know, anybody who's banged up, let's rest those guys for two, three games. Real talk. Real talk. I don't want to play Chicago. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Chicago has voodoo on us. Mm-hmm. They just do. And you see it. You saw it last year in the playoffs. The Blues 
and I'm going to upset people when I say it, the Blues are scared of the Chicago Blackhawks. They just are. They're not scared of Nashville. They're not scared of Winnipeg. They're not scared of Colorado, and they're not scared of Dallas. The Blues are scared of the Chicago Blackhawks yep, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, just because the Blues, for all intents and purposes, have not found that playoff they, they gear. Haven't. They, they just haven't. haven't found that like like last year to yeah. you know push through the tiredness and push you know to get to the top of the thing. I think this year you got. Players like Schwartz and Tarasenko have a bigger role, which I agree. I'm and Tara helps, and I'm and curious to not, see how the playoffs with him actually in like playoff mode. I agree. I'm and, and this is not the Chicago team of years past. This is a much more mediocre Chicago team. Yeah, you, you still know, have the you still have the top guys, but at the same time, your second half of your team is not correct. Not as big as it used. They're to top be. heavy. You yeah. get away from Hosa, Sharp, Kane, Taze. And you have a, you have role players and Saad Saad's good still. Yeah, I say Saad. After that, you got Versteeg, who is there. I think it's because yeah. he's on Chicago. He's that good playing that well. What St. Louis needs to do is win a game in Chicago in the playoffs, and I think they can take a breath. Yeah. So let's uh, go through the rest of the standings here real quick. Here's where it sort of gets interesting. It's kind of a congestion after this. Winnipeg has a lot of games played. It's 61 games, but they have 71 points. Vancouver, who is like. How far back are they in Chicago? Vancouver or Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Four points, but they also have played one extra game than Chicago. Okay. So Chicago so has a game. So they have a, never know. Like I said, one bad week and sure. it could be right there. That's what I'm saying. It's not locked in that we're going to play Chicago. but There is, and this is where it gets to be congested. So all these game teams are, let's say, Vancouver, 58 games played, 69 points. Los Angeles, 58 games, 68 points. Wow. They won yesterday in the Stadium Series game. Against the Sharks. Against the Sharks. So, and San Jose is just falling off, man. Again. Just, once again, Calgary, that's a team that's going to get sweeping changes eventually. They need to. And the Sharks. Dude, if, if McLean doesn't, didn't lose his job last year. He's definitely losing this he, year. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, you are O-U-T. Calgary, who is, God, they've hung in there so long. I kind of really hope they get that last Me playoff too, spot, spot. Because, I mean, they've just, they were on fire. And then they just kind of went regressed to where I thought they'd be. And then uh, there are 68 points, but 59 games played. San Jose, 61 games played and 68 points. So they are on the outside looking in right now, considering the playoffs, and they have more games played than anybody. Minnesota at 58 games and 67 points. They have a chance. They have a chance. And then Dallas at, uh, this is the last one I'll say, is 59 games and 63 points. So they're 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 trying. They were almost have to run the table in amazing fashion. Yeah, so. I think it's going to be Winnipeg and L.A. It's going to be come down to like the last week. LA is like seven games winning streak right now. Because yeah, uh, it's March. Yep. So well, a little early this year. A little early this year, but still they're making that run. So it's the time we're in that time period where you they probably are looking at the standings or they are thinking about that playoff matchup and they need to. Who knows what's going on now? But at the end of the day, something needs to happen. I yeah. think the defense has been me- mediocre to subpar all year. I, I, for whatever you, I, that's it's true. I mean, you can say who it is. I mean, yeah, I, I think the defense has been good. Uh, I do think that we are better than the uh, we are better as a unit than we are individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need, and it's being shown, you need everyone on that group healthy because you lose one person out of that normal rotation. 
And we'll, we'll go with a quick two rumors before we wrap everything up here that I, I've seen circulating through the internet this week. Oh, God. Fantastic. How many Alto veterans? None, believe it or not. Yay! Just as big as, and, and it is a big man, actually. So, oh, appara- so apparently, so Dan Charo is on the market, and it did not officially say that it's the Blues and Islanders looking at him. It was just like the Blues and Islanders looking in getting to a defenseman, and Char is available. You know what that tells me? Mm-hmm. If it's true. I don't know what the source was on that. It was like HockeyRumors.com. Okay. It was something I just, I follow different things. I just see it. I'm like, I just laughed. If that's true, yeah. what that tells me is that the Shattenkirk injury is more serious than we thought. Yeah. So, I'll get into that, which is my second thing. So, locally in St. Louis, there's a morning show on 1057 The Point, uh, the Rizzuto Morning Show. And familiar with it. And, yeah, of course. Shattenkirk, uh, just our fans just know. And Shattenkirk is, uh, has a weekly segment on there called Talking Shat, because which, Shattenkirk, is awesome. which is fantastic. So he actually, with it being injured, actually was in the studio this week. So luckily, uh, Rizzuto is, did a very good job. Props to that man this week. Got a lot of information that's not even been out there so far. How his recovery is going, where he's at, um, what he really thinks about New Jersey, which I thought was funny. Um, and this actually New Jersey, not the actual team, but New Jersey as in the it's state. The state. So he said it stinks. And it's awful. We we share similar views. <laughs> so he doesn't like Hoboken either, maybe. Yeah, Hoboken can Hoboken turned thirty this week, by the way. <laughs> I saw your post. Anyway, we'll get into uh, we'll, we'll leave that. D Hoboken. <laughs> so he had basically said that his injury happened before that Vetchkin hit. Right before it. He said that he made a turn and his state his skate got stuck. But the rest of his body kept going with it. Oh, weird. And he heard a pop Ooh. in his stomach region. So, I mean, obviously, that's pretty much been doing the whole time. So, he pretty much, he said, uh, ripped off the bone. Yeah. So, a little more interesting. So, that that made me leave, think that maybe this is more serious. But apparently, he's doing cardio now. Yeah. So, uh, how would you even treat that? Uh, surgery to put it, he sewed it back on, apparently. Oh. So, we didn't say what bone was here. Hip area yeah. is my guess. I would think. So, he is the targeting mid-March is what he said. His, his wow. target. So, you're looking at probably another, I would say, four weeks. So they got, what well, we got? The, we're on uh, the That's 22nd. Saturday is March 1st. So, well, Sunday. So, Sunday. Sunday yeah. You're looking at, so, and then under two weeks fast. So, you're looking at three, I would three say, weeks. I would say if you have four weeks, you're looking at maybe the, like, third or fourth, third week of March. I said if you get him back for all the April games and I'll give him enough time to kind of get back in gear and you're playing Chicago those two games, I'll give you a good, like, yeah. going for it type thing. So if you get him back for those April games, I think that will be good. I agree. Question is, are the Blues going to go out and make that trade? Um, I've been a proponent for uh, uh, Zabinik McCulloch. I thought he'd be a good, steady uh, – he's more of a defensive defenseman. Well, has a little. we both wanted the guy who's now a national. Correct. I like friends and a lot, but they just got the Nashville. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Had visa issues, so they were they, they missed like two games. So it's kind of like, whoops. So and those are two games that actually they wound up losing and they lost in overtime. So it was like, thanks guys. And uh, yeah, so interesting stuff. So we'll see if the Blues uh, the trade deadline is when coming is up deadline? March in March. I think it's the first week of March. Let me pull it up real quick. You'll say it's got to be like a week from Wednesday or Thursday, right? Yeah, it's it's we're coming up real quick. So. NHL trade deadline, but yeah, so they should do something. In my opinion, we'll see what happens. Who do you think, if the Blues make deals, who do you think they send out? You got to look at the guy who's making way too much money, Patrick Berglund. So that's one. 
Uh, that's another. So after that, you're pretty much. I mean, if you're looking at prospect wise, I thought Raddy played okay. So I, I'm okay. I think Raddy played decent, but I. But I it's so early. I really can't. Him, if you're going to move a prospect, I think that's the one you move. I don't think you're moving Fabry or Barbashev. Uh, March second. So that we're looking at a week. That's Tuesday. A week from Monday, March first to Sunday. So yeah. Tuesday. So next. So week next from Monday. Next week from tomorrow, we are on the twenty second of February. So. So a week, so about a week, and let's see what happens. So Armstrong's had a thing in the past where he didn't wait till the actual. Well, remember we made the uh, the Miller trade what four days before? About three or four days beforehand. So that's why I say he doesn't usually wait. He kind of gets it out of the way. That's kind of what Nashville did, what David Poyle did with the uh, Santorelli yeah. and Franzen. If the players are there, already know they're there. Go and get them. Yeah. Don't so, let other teams get in the mix. Well, it depends on the team wants to, you know, if you outbid somebody. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Apparently, the Blues have liked uh, Antoine Vermette, who's been apparently who's an unrestricted free agent who plays in Phoenix right now. He plays center and left wing. Yeah. Uh, played Ottawa before that, and somebody I always I like. So I like Vermette. So it's somebody, and there's been a rumor with Berglund. Apparently, he got hurt in practice, but he's okay. Yeah. Um, even me, who is like the most hardcore Berglund supporter, I think he's that is. And this is his last season here. I'd be I'd be really surprised just because of the amount of money he makes and the amount yeah. of money that needs to go out to other players next year. I think that's what kills him. That's what that's the thing. That's I don't think, think it's performance based. I think it's I think they I think he's settled into his role as a strong. He cycles the puck really well. He's yep. been better along the boards. Plays a, decent faceoff. Plays a very good defensive game. Yep. Can maybe pot a goal here and there. Yep. That's his role, and that's fine. But unfortunately, yep. at three point seven, it's going to be it's hard to justify well, when you have. Yeah, need to pay people like Tarasenko. Schwartz and Tarasenko and Allen. So and you know we discussed this all season at nauseum about why we both think he's making that money. As I really think they thought that they the were going to sign him going and, and spin him off to Ottawa to get Spezza, and then when that didn't happen, they were stuck with that contract. And I think you're right. I think that it's not due to his playing ability because there was a great article by the way this week um, uh, in the Hockey Riders about uh, defending Patrick Berglund. And yeah. it, it broke down what he does perfectly. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I think his salary is going to cost him a spot on this team. Yeah, unfortunately. Because then people are saying, what about Steve Opp? And then uh, are there, how are you going to convince our teams to take a guy who's making 2.3, whatever? Berglund has more value on the market than not. That's what Berglund's I mean. Berglund's younger. Berglund's going to score you more goals. Has a better history of, yeah. well, just odds of history, but you can tell it's like past his prime type. Correct. Of, so, Anyway, but that's uh, that's about our wrap up for this week. So kind of a down week, and you know, kind of a bummer of a week, and a little bit of panic mode. But um, you know, we'll see how we do this week. week. We got a big game Tuesday against Montreal, so that'd be a big game. And then they uh, believe they're back on the road again. So it's a interesting times. So if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can hold of us on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. Also, with my personal Twitter, at JPMBluesFan21. I'm at Hossapalooza. You can also find us on Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast, and definitely on our website, uh, BluesHockeyPodcast.com. Where might be the only place you could be listening to this right now? That's right, if the yeah. iTunes thing isn't fixed. If right. iTunes gets in gear and fixes stuff. Damn you, Steve Jobs. Yeah, <laughs> fix that. From beyond the grave, fix this. Yeah, so we'll hopefully get that wrapped up. So... A couple more housekeeping notes. Uh, if you'd like to follow our podcast girl, Melissa Nicole, go to at MSR Melissa Nicole. 
1L, 1S. And also, I believe it's STL Melissa Nicole for Instagram and Facebook. Melissa Nicole for Facebook. Melissa Nicole for Facebook. So look those up. Uh, follow her. She is fantastic. Um, she's on a quest to get 4,000. Yes, she's. You know, she was very care. close. She was like a, a 50 or 60 when yeah. I checked this morning. So she's getting there. So she's uh, you know, wants to get there, and hopefully she can. And uh, yeah, once she is back in St. Louis, hopefully we'll have her on. We'll have her on. It'll be good times. And well, never mind. I had something funny to say, but I'll let it go. All right. Anyway, not about Melissa. Something else that we we discussed uh, earlier. Okay. About something. Anyway, it's so tough. good stuff. <laughs> Technology and stuff. So anyway, <laughs> on to better things. And also our last thing, which I completely always forget, and I'm really I am truly grateful that uh, Brooke Royal for our theme song "Bleed Blue." Go out and get that s at iTunes. It probably it, that definitely works. They're they're like a hundred percent works. Ours? No. Not right now. No, that's a lot. As of as of six oh no two six twenty one on February twenty second two thousand fifteen, it still doesn't work. Right. <laughs> so if you want to say a flight organization here, yeah, correct, and you can get that stuff also on Amazon, I believe, and there's um, something else too. I think we're a week away from just saying if you want a copy, email us, and we'll put it to a CD and mail it to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it old school. <laughs> Or you just find us like we'll just start, we'll just like set up shop somewhere and just start. We'll just come hang out in your living room and talk hockey for an hour. Listen to us at work. Call us up. We'll head over to work. Sandwich. Call us up. We'll head over to work. We'll just we'll talk blues for forty five minutes. That's what we can do. Be like new business. New yeah. New business adventure. Go over. You want to listen to us talk about blues? We'll do it for forty five minutes. Give us give us a couple sandwiches and twenty bucks. Perfect. Done. We'll come to your work. We'll do your TPS reports and talk hockey. Honey, I'm quitting. Quit the new job. I'm out. Bill, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. And I hope Bill doesn't hear this. You're like, hey, guess what? No, you are. You're done. Yeah, you're done. He's like, oh. No, I was joking. I was no, joking. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> hey, you're free on the 10th now. Sweet. <laughs> you can go into the game. Good stuff. So, uh, good stuff. So, anyway, thanks for listening once again. We are truly uh, are grateful, even though we're kind of BSing here at the end. But, uh. Yeah, so hopefully everything gets fixed soon and you can listen to us on regular stuff. And then this summer, once uh, things kind of die down with uh, blues stuff and it's kind of, you know, we're not doing this. Because in the summer, like we said, we take a break because it's we'll kind of hard. dog shows? Cat shows? Ooh, dog shows. That was on uh, USA this week, I did see. Sweet. Raw did not get preempted this week like they used to. Remember <laughs> that? Remember that? Remember ah. back in the day, they'd be preempted like 10 o'clock at night. Uh, I, love, I love my dog, but not enough to watch the damn dog shows. Yeah, it's true. But well, unless it's got Will Ferrell on it. <laughs> or uh was it Best in Show? Correct. Best in Show. Good movie. But anyway. So that's your movie recommendation of the week. Talk to you guys next week.